Hi, I'm Dr. Rachel Griffiths, and I'm with my father and business partner in aquatics, Dr. Tom Griffiths. Welcome to The Drowning Files, where each week we share a lawsuit we've been involved in or another true story with suggestions to learn from these tragedies to save lives. What case do you have today? Well, this summer, because there's so many rip current drownings occurring around the country at Surf Beaches, it, it reminded me of a horribly tragic case uh, I had um, in Galveston, Texas, many years ago. This particular case involved a single mother who decided to take her young son and daughter um, to a state park located in Texas on the Gulf of Mexico. And this was a surf beach. And she decided to take her kids, um, and she was a working mom as well, a single parent, as I mentioned, took her kids to the beach. And at this beach, there are no lifeguards on duty. It's an unguarded beach. It's a swim at your own risk. What was notable about this park is they had these big, huge park signs, which were wooden planks with the letters cut out. They were recessed letters and they were filled in with gold, uh, gold letterings or yellow, bright yellow letterings. And the boards were big planks. And the park was very strategic in their signage. They placed these huge, warning planks where you paid your parking fee as you drove into the park and so you couldn't could not miss them and they placed these big boards these warning boards at the bathrooms and the changing rooms then you had to walk over the dunes to get the to the beach and they placed these park signs these warning signs where you had a bridge to walk over because the Sand dunes contained a lot of prickly vegetation that you did not want to walk through. The warnings were there. And then the warnings were once again on the beach. Now, I stress the warnings here um, because they had three major warnings listed. First of all, it said, warning, no lifeguards on duty. Secondly, it said, um, dangerous currents may exist. And finally, it said, swim at your own risk. So those were the three warnings that anyone going to this beach had to pass. I mean, three warnings on four different locations. So on Mother's Day, many years ago, um, this mom took her son and her daughter, her only two children, to this beach, paid her admission to park, walked down to the beach, put her blanket down, allowed her kids to play in shallow water. She said, stay shallow. And then she fell asleep on the blanket. So the mother was at this beach with her two kids. How old were the siblings? I think they were about, as I recall, this was a long time ago. I, I think they were about six and eight, roughly, uh, could have been eight to 10, but certainly uh, they were not older than 12 years of age. And was it a surf beach? Was there strong surf or a, or a quiet area yes. on the beach? No, it's on the Gulf of Mexico, and the Gulf of Mexico can be very, very tricky. 
Um, on some days it can be flat, calm water like a lake. And then on other days when the wind picks up, it can be a real surf beach with wind and waves and currents. So on this particular day, um, it was windy and there were waves and there, there were rip currents that day. Were there a lot of other bystanders and people at the beach that day and people in the water? It was Mother's Day weekend, so the weather was nice. And if you know Southern Texas, it was, you know, hazy, hot and humid. Great swimming day, lots of people on the beach. Um, so it was a great day for swimming. And with rip currents running, it was a great day for drowning. And I don't mean that facetiously. Um, and do you know, the question that comes to my mind is whether or not these kids were able to swim did they know how to swim usually, or they did not have uh, good swimming skills? As I remember, they, they were weak to non-swimmers somewhere in there. They were not accomplished swimmers at all. Okay, so the mother fell asleep on the blanket, and the two kids were playing in the shallow surf, or that's the last time she saw them. And right. then, And then what happened? So then... Um, Again, tragically, as she woke up, and I don't think she intended to take a nap. I, I really think in my mind, as I uh, remember the testimony, um, she just laid down for a minute. She wanted to close her eyes because she was tired and, and she inadvertently fell asleep. But when she woke up, she looked around and she didn't see her kids. And then she ran down to the beach to look for her kids. And lo and behold, all these bystanders were yelling and screaming and, and pulling two kids out of the water. And so the other beachgoers were the ones who detected the children in distress and pulled them out of the water. But by the time they had pulled the children out of the water, um, they were beyond help. So. Uh, just just imagine this scenario, Mother's Day, Sunday Mother's Day, and an only mother loses her two only children. Just horrible, horrible, horrible story. You can't make this stuff up. Suggestions for parents and caregivers, obviously, would be to not be further than arm's reach of your children, especially if they don't have strong swimming ability, to have U.S. Coast Guard approved life jackets. Um, right. Is there anything you would add to also? Well, and we mentioned this in a previous uh, show, we suggested that knee deep is too deep. Um, when rip currents are running, when you know there, there's a possibility, you don't want to get any deeper than knee deep. And the only way you can keep your children is in knee deep water is to be with them, as you say, in arm's length away. But in a Coast Guard approved life jacket, a properly fitting Coast Guard approved life jacket, you can get caught in a longshore current or a literal current. That is the current that pulls you down the beach, uh, runs parallel to shore. And then oftentimes that literal current hooks up with a opposing literal current. And then that creates a rip current and goes out to sea with a life jacket on. 
um, you can travel a long distance and still be safe as long as it's a, it's a United States Coast Guard approved life jacket that is properly fitting and a child can wave for help or call for help because the head is above water and then you're easily saved wearing a life jacket. But it's always the, that one-two punch for drowning prevention is close, active, responsible adult supervision and a Coast Guard approved life jacket. And swim lessons also, if those children weren't weren't enrolled in swim lessons, learning to swim and ensuring the parent learns to swim as well or knows how to swim. Right. And, and the thing I have to tell you about swim lessons, there's, there's two things. If you get caught in a rip current, if you know what you're doing and you keep your head, your calm, cool and collected, you can get out of it easily by swimming parallel to shore. But if there's any currents at all, you want to try to visit a beach with lifeguards on duty. Um, you know, when you and I go to your beaches in Southern California, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, Manhattan Beach, those lifeguards get out of their stand. They identify the rip currents. They wave the people away from the rip currents. And you can see them pointing and talking at the rip and explaining what the dangers are and how to avert these dangers. So swim lessons are important. Uh, close supervision is vital. Uh, Coast Guard approved life jackets are a must, but swimming near a lifeguard also, particularly when there are currents available, lifeguards should be sought and you should swim, particularly with younger children at a lifeguarded beach in front of the lifeguard stand if possible. And from the perspective of a facility operator, so from the facility point of view, you had mentioned signage. So having big, clear signage, especially if there are not lifeguards on duty at three different places, we usually say three strikes and you're out so that you can see it at the parking lot and as as you go. But, it, but doing that without having sign pollution, so not having a million signs everywhere, but having the most important signs uh, warning of things that will lead to more catastrophic injury, having those prominently placed at multiple places. Uh, yes, what else would you suggest? Oh, go ahead. Well, I just want to reinforce what you said. Th this was a classic case. It went to jury trial, which is rare. Um, and in the courtroom, which is a very sophisticated uh, looking place, it looks like a, a movie set. The defense attorneys brought in the signs. They pulled them out of the beach and brought them into the courtroom. And in that setting, they were simply huge, <laughs> huge. Um, and, and you had those four big planks describing the three different warnings, <laughs> three or four different warnings. I'm getting my numbers confused. But as the jury looked at them, they said to themselves, how could they miss this? And in Texas, there's comparative ne negligence. And what the defense attorneys were hoping was that the state would not be any more than 49% negligence. But we talk about the importance of signage. The jury found primarily because of the signage that, that you could not miss that 
the state of Texas was 0% negligent. There was no negligence on the part um, of the state because they, they stated clearly everything beachgoers needed to know. Warning, no lifeguard on duty, um, possible currents um, in this area, you know, use at your own risk, um, which was very, very clear. At a facility, w- warning flags or some type of system, color-coded system, would be helpful as well to show if there are a lot of rip currents that day. So people visiting the beach uh, know if there are more rip currents. Yes, um, and we've we put those in our beach books. There are sandwich boards that say, they can place right where the rip current is, rip current. Um, they can use flags, which good beach managers use. And I like patrols, patrols in uh, on ATVs or um, four-wheel drive trucks. And, and these people, this these staff working the beach don't necessarily have to be lifeguards, but they can simply identify the rips and tell people to stay away from the rips using either cones or sandwich boards or flags. And life jacket loaner stations are especially popular. They're done in different ways. Uh, Some facilities do have issues with them wandering off, have different ways to Um, disseminate those life jackets, but if there's some way to have life jackets available to loan out at the least, um, letting people know they should wear life jackets and how to fit them. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, there's really, there's no better protection in any body of water than a properly fitting Coast Guard approved life jacket. 